Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's up, everybody? Ben Cruz here, the head of content at Vover. And I'm here to tell you about my show over on Vover, One and Done. The concept of One and Done is very simple. One guest, one question, one answer. That's it. We're looking to bring you the best guests and the best questions on every show, which will lead to the best answers. Some of my most recent guests include the creator of HBO's Entourage, Doug Ellen, one of the stars from HBO's Insecure, the always hilarious Yvonne Orji, and the Twitter legend himself, Josiah Johnson, a.k.a. King Josiah, and much more. The show leans into our short-form format. Most shows are about 15 minutes, so if you don't have a full hour or two but want that quick podcast fix, check out One and Done with us over at Vover on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Welcome to another episode of The Boom. I'm your host for this evening, James B. McDaniel, and I am here with my co-host, Kevin Ely. And y'all, Kevin Ely not only watched Dynamite and Rampage this week, he was there. Kevin, sounds like you had a better week than I did, buddy. I did. I'm actually tired because uh, it was about a three and a half hour drive down to the show and we decided to drive back that night. So I got home around 2.30 a.m. So I'm still sleeping that off. But that is a young a man's time. game that like that used yeah. to be nothing to me. I would drive from North Louisiana to Austin for a concert, watch yep. the concert, turn around, come home. I'd be sick for a day or two after. But that that was that was a college thing. We are both too old for those days. Yep. Yep. I know you did feel a little low energy, but I know Hook is going to come up later, and I know that'll bring you back up to your normal, your normal eleven out of ten, <laughs> ten yeah, uh, that's right. range there. Yeah. Okay, so get let's, let's not bury the lead. We had a we started AEW Dynamite this week with a one hour match between Brian Danielson and Adam Page, and it has been the talk. It has been the controversy of. Uh, of pro wrestling Twitter, pro wrestling everything, and the Fight Game Media Group. Let's get going. What was that like? What was it like being there live? For Look, whatever you think of the match, I, I, even people like I'm in the minority and that I didn't like the finish, I loved this match. This was a great match. This is a historic match, and you were in the building for it, mm-hmm. and that is awesome. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. It was easily the best match I've ever seen live. And Ooh. That's I had to think about that and I might change my mind later, but, um, you know, probably previous to that would have been there was a Triple H uh, Jericho last man standing match in the year 2000. That was pretty memorable to me okay. also in Dallas. And then um, I went to the New Japan show in Dallas in 2019 and there was a Okada Tanahashi match that was amazing. This one to me, though, is I think is going to be more memorable, more personal, memorable, other than just the spectacle of seeing New Japan. Yeah. Just because I was so invested in it and and the crowd was so invested in it. 
Um, and then I was invested in talking about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Way yeah. more. Yeah. So it was crazy. I mean, they, you know, we, we went, they had, you know, some elevation tapings, things like that. You think, okay, we're going to get started. The rent, the, the, the rampage theme song hits, and then Daniel Bryan's music just comes out and you just felt a buzz come across the arena of, oh, it's happening now. And everyone just stood to their feet. Uh, it was just electric when, when about, we realized like, we were getting it right away. Talk about an immediate energy jolt. Like I would have been like, yeah, like you said, I would have come off my feet. I would have come out, got onto my feet. I would have come out of my seat as soon as I realized this is happening right now. And, um, you know, AEW has a history of starting the show with one of their two biggest matches and uh and it's clear why they did it and that you, they you don't want to rush a match like this so starting it out is the way to go it's entertaining listening to brian dave over at uh, wrestling observer figure four talk about this one because of the level of annoyance they had with having <laughs> to watch it with commercials i'm gonna ask you a lot of questions during this yeah. podcast about what it was like live versus tv have you gotten mm -hmm. a chance to go back and watch this on tv i've watched it all back on tv and i tried and i waited so i could watch uh dynamite and rampage just back to back so that oh that's kind of recreate the experience okay uh and uh yeah there was it was it was a very different experience watching on tv um the commercials didn't bother me as much as other people did right uh because they did such a good job of uh having drama around the commercials so they were usually around some sort of injury Something like that. In the arena, you could tell they were a commercial. It's not obvious, okay. but you could kind of tell by the match, like, you know, Danielson stalling, doing jumping jacks. Uh, <laughs> there was one time, I mean, he he spent that first commercial break doing nothing but trying to whip up hatred in the crowd. So, you know, Paige is on the outside. He even teased the uh, the two fingers, yes, pointing to the sky. Yeah. Kind of leaned in like he was going to do it. But then when he stuck his fingers up, it was his middle finger instead of his index <laughs> finger. It was, he was he was he was a master. Kevin, my favorite thing about this match, there were some things I was expecting, things I was hoping for that I didn't get. But the one thing I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't expecting that I did get was old ROH heel Daniel Brian Danielson and that is something I've mm -hmm. missed for a very long time to the point that I'd largely forgotten a lot of his tactics uh, anything more than the whole like counting to like putting the five up in the referee's face mm -hmm. back him away he, at his face in this match like yes. five six star facial expressions for Brian yes. Danielson he was so evil he was so beautifully mm -hmm. evil and calculating and mm -hmm. uh and man, that that got over hardcore with me. Yeah, and it played into the story because the story seemed to be Danielson is completely confident that he is mm -hmm. a better wrestler and he has nothing to prove to this guy. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, you need to prove this to me. Paige is coming in super serious, but also restrained. He's not going, you know, crazy. Some people were criticizing the match that he, you know, uh, didn't come in just brawling or anything like that. But I like the idea that that Paige was coming in saying, no, I'm going to try to really beat this guy. I'm going to try to right. prove to him that I can out wrestle him. But then the story of the first half of the match is Brian is the better wrestler. Yeah. He out wrestled him every step of the way for the first 20, 30 minutes until uh, his uh, that work started working the leg injury. Yeah. And then from there, it was Paige coming back. And it was just it was You're it was skill versus will. 
yeah, you're not going to find a bigger Adam Page fan than me. I really don't believe you will. And and I know Daniel Bryan is a better technical wrestler than Adam Page. Adam Page excels in other things. He's clearly not bad, as we saw in this match. But yeah, when it comes to the the, the art of wrestling, Bryan mm-hmm. Danielson Newton goes in knowing he's superior. And that's mm-hmm. part of the that's part of the story is how confident he is. He's the confident mm-hmm. asshole, and uh, and the thing is, is he can back it up. Yeah, there's even little things he he kept going back to the jumping jacks mm-hmm. during the match, you know, and that was a kind of a tip off. You could there, you know, they always announce the the time limit, but when they announced the sixty minute time limit, you just heard the word draw, 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 uh, kind of echo around the arena of people oh, really? saying like, oh, it's going to be a draw. And which I first thought, oh, are they going to get into it because they think this is going to go 60 minutes? And we could tell from the first lockup, they had like a five, eight second lockup, you know, at the very beginning that mm-hmm. that, oh, they're they're pacing this. This is going to be a very long match. But and then he starts doing the jumping jacks and things like that to show off his cardio. Um, but the the interesting thing was. No one was bored or just saying, oh, this is going to be 60. I'm not going to get invested. The people I was in with there with were hanging on every move. They were hanging on every lockup, every miss, every reversal, everything. They were rooting for the hangman. There were definitely some Daniel Bryan fans. There was some back and forth chants and things like that. But that arena was just, I mean, it it had been a long time since I had seen a crowd that engaged in a match. Right. I, um... I imagine if I was sitting there in that arena and I heard I heard other people specu- speculating 60 minutes, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have come up with it on my own because I would just be so like, I'm watching this match. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. even been thinking. Um, I would have been hyped. I would have been so excited to know, to even think there's the possibility. And by the way, this match felt, I don't want to say short. It didn't feel as long as Brian Danielson mm-hmm. versus Kenny Omega even. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it went really fast. I think I might actually give the 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 Omega match like rate it slightly higher, but this felt faster, and that's a benefit. You you know you, there was no boredom here. There was no oh my god, when's this going to end? None of that even even remotely entered my mind. I was just into this match the whole time. W- yeah. Would I have liked? Would have I have liked an, an angrier Adam Page to attack early, and then exactly what happened happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have, but I, that doesn't take away from what we were given. What we were given was different. It's not what I expected, and mm-hmm. uh, subverting expectations is a part of the game. And a lot of, most of the time, Tony Khan gives us what we want mm-hmm. or expect, and he's not always going to do that. And this is one of those times, and I appreciate that. Like I want that out of my wrestling company. I like again, we wanted the Adam Page win. We got the Adam Page win for the title. Doesn't mean that we're going to get everything we're expecting. And uh, yeah, uh, again, I also expected Adam Page to eventually win this match. I thought he'd win it late and we didn't get that. And and again, Tony Khan told us not too recently, as in maybe three or four months ago, you're not always going to get what you expect. Like, I'm not always going to give it to you. And this was, again, one of those times. And I, I didn't hate it at all. I, my only my only concern with the yeah, end, talk about with the, the finish. Yeah, my only concern with the draw was it was the fact that we just had a 30 minute time limit draw with Brian Danielson against the champion. And in my, listen, I think COVID also plays a big part in why this bothered me because in my mind, it feels like it was two weeks ago. 
mm-hmm. when when Brian Danielson had the draw with Kenny Omega, and I just thought if you're going to do a long match live on TV that you don't want people to think every time you give that to them, it's going to be a draw. And to me, these just came a little too close, but I mm-hmm. know they weren't actually that close is the thing. That's yeah. just my brain playing tricks on me. Look, the draw was the right thing to do. I do think it was the right thing to do. It was literally just the time period, the amount of the amount of time in between this and Brian Daniels and Kenny Omega. That's the only part that bothered me. What's interesting now, though, is they have, um, if they choose to, an interesting little story with Brian Danielson in that he's got that two at the end of his record, Kenny where the only the time he's the only time he's ever been in the ring with the world champions, he's only been able to go to a draw. They may not do anything with that. They may not right. have intended to do anything with that, but it is a little a little card that they accidentally shuffled into the deck uh, with this finish. I'm glad you said that because that's something I absolutely want to talk about on here. And like, look, as pro wrestling fans, we have strong opinions on everything that happens when it happens. And very frequently when something happens, we really don't have enough information because I absolutely think that could, that could be a major part of a future storyline with Brian Danielson and like maybe testing his confidence. If he can't make it over the hump against two champions in a row. And uh, that's something that could come and that could add, a lot of gravitas to this match to what happened here and why it had to happen the exact way it happened and uh so yeah that's a that's a that's something i don't think we we think about as much when we're just trying to crush our opponent on twitter or on facebook (laughs) uh as to like forcing our opinions down someone else's throat is our our opinions aren't always we don't have enough information when things happen i always try to there's a phrase uh, that some people use called "strong opinions held loosely," and I think that would <laughs> I think that would be really good for wrestling fans to have. Like, I have an opinion of something of how it happens when it happens, and I'll have an yeah. opinion of how it happened six months later when I see what it led to. Yeah, and we might see that the straw was the perfect thing to do. Uh, and it sounds like because they were immediately talking rematch the moment the mm-hmm. match ended, um, and uh, sounds like it's probably going to be battle of the belts. On January eighth, yeah. most likely. I hope so, uh, and probably, yeah, <laughs> probably. So, and that's only a one-hour special, and they already have a match book for it. So, you know, we might get that super aggressive page uh, yeah. in that one. I, you, you kind of shocked me there somehow. That that information, that's a one-hour special, totally escaped me. I fully expected this to be a three-hour, quote-unquote, clash of champions. That's what I expected this to be. That's kind of shocking. Everything I've heard is that it's a one hour, so we'll see. Look, AEW can do a lot of one hour. I got to tell you, every time Rampage is over every week, I realize, man, that was a really quick, fun show. I really love Rampage. Mm -hmm. I think that every single week. Dang, I love Rampage. It moves so quick. I can go yeah. do other things on my Friday night, and it was a great time. They can do a lot with an hour, and I'm I, I and so I'm still excited about Battle of the Belts. But yeah, I got to process that for a little while. And when it, when it comes to like strong opinions held loosely, that's kind of how I felt about this. And that I I needed to go back when we were having this discussion in the Fight Game Media Group. I had to go back and say, listen, everybody, I loved this match. Don't think because I didn't like the finish that I didn't like the match. I loved the match. It was an emotional reaction based on the Omega Brian Danielson thing. The only is is the reason I said that, like that kind of like 
that's what happened in, in my lizard brain the second the match ended. But I loved I loved the match. Um, so right. yeah, they can absolutely pull me over to having loved the finish as much as I loved the match. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. With long term, it's crazy how how contentious this match was in people's minds. Yeah. I mean, this is so debated. I. I was amazed that there were people who didn't like it. People who didn't yeah. like the link. I'm, I'm blown away that anybody didn't like the match. Like, and I think there's a big difference between saying I would have picked a different finish and that wasn't a mm-hmm. good match. Now, yeah. I, like some people think this is a five, five star, five and a half star match. Some people think it's a four star match. Both those people like the match to think that anybody yeah, would say that true. wasn't a good match. Yeah. Like that blows that blows my mind. And I've seen people like that. And I've seen, um, I, I think Dave Meltzer may have ran the poll. I don't remember. But every breakdown I've seen, no, it was a rest, it was wrestle talk on YouTube. Okay. Where um, 75% of people loved it, 25% of people didn't like it. I don't remember if that was specifically the finish of the whole match. I believe it was the whole match. And that's kind of the breakdown I'm mm. seeing. And I've seen a couple of outlets. Um, um, Bleacher Report and one of the main guys, Ali, on Wrestle Talk, both said liked the match, didn't love the match. Like, hmm. like Bleach Report actually went so far as to say it wasn't their favorite match on the episode, which is insane. Like, I, look, I saw one or two people doing that. I think everybody were, deserves yeah. their own opinion. Sure, some people should be put in a mental institution for their opinion. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Not that I was triggered, but I was one hundred percent triggered, one hundred percent. But yeah, that, I mean, like, come on. Um, okay, before we move on to the next topic, I need to tell everybody about the Fight Game Media Patreon, Fight Game Media, um, Fight Game Media Plus. We have four exclusive and weekly podcasts on the Patreon, including John LaRocca and Garrett Gonzalez covering 1997 WWF and very soon 1998 WWF. Paul and Jeff Hawkins covering every AEW Dynamite show Wednesday night, just a couple hours after Dynamite's over. Scott Edwards has his five-star Yoshi show and the full version of Brace for Impact with Mike Gilbert and J.D. Oliva. Also, we're going to have monthly bonus content from all shows, including ours. Um from the free feed uh and it's all for a flat fee of just five dollars a month listen you can barely get a meal at mcdonald's for five dollars a month we all listen people i know you i know your lives you're just finding five dollars in parking lots five dollars in this economy is basically a quarter that's right 25 cent patreon is what i'm saying hope everybody will at least go check it out at, at patreon.com slash fight game media um trust me it's worth it and also you're helping out helping to support me kevin garrett and everybody here at fight game media and of course also go fightgamemedia.com every week when i'm preparing for my uh i have a weekly radio show sports talk 977.com 3 30 central time on wednesdays where i talk all things mma and boxing and one of the main and i have recently adopted fightgamemedia.com is one of the main websites i go to make sure that when i'm preparing to talk the entire week of mma and boxing that i don't miss anything so pro wrestling mma boxing whatever you're into go check it out okay kevin second up on our list of things to talk about um Mm -hmm. did now i i've never been to a live aew show 
Um, and it is heartbreaking that I haven't been, and it's heartbreaking that I, I wasn't able to miss this one, even I though know. you invited me. And then there were other yeah. people in the group popping up with free tickets. I'm like, man, yep. I am I am not that far away. It's like a five-hour drive. It's not terrible to Dallas. At least for me, that's not terrible. Um, now, I've seen things in the past where Tony Khan comes out and talks to people. I want to I want to know. I want to know what what was it like after you walked through the doors at this arena? What happened? What was different from your expectations? Uh, like, give us the breakdown of attending. Winter is coming live. Yeah. So uh, the Curtis Caldwell Arena is about 6,000 seat arena. I think we talked last week about yeah. how, like that's really sweet. Between six a, and ten is a really a like, great size. perfect. Great size, feels intimate. It's not too overwhelming, but they can make some noise too. Um, it's just a super chill crowd when you're like waiting in line and coming in. One of the things that really struck me about it was, you know, they had a they always have community outreach, and uh, this week uh, for this event, their community outreach was a toy drive. So at the front of the arena. They had a, a desk there and, and a place to collect toys for Toys for Tots. And Thunder Rosa was out there collecting toys. And basically, if you bought a toy, you just got to hang out with Thunder Rosa for a second. She was just taking pictures and hanging out. And it didn't feel like one of those, like, uh, you know, paid meet and greets or any one of those things where you're just sort of like moving along through a line. It was very much yeah. like she was just talking to people hanging out, taking photos. If someone came over and they didn't have a toy and they just wanted to get a photo, she'd take a photo with them. There was just this Fantastic. real fan-friendly, relaxed nature of the whole event when they came in. Um, and, you know, yeah, Tony comes out like three times. He came out before the show, came out after Dynamite, and then came out at the end of the at the end of the Dynamite taping. Um, and the the thing that, I, that struck us, uh, my friend Jimmy and I that were there, we also sat next to uh, Steve Geimer from the Fight Game Media Group, which was really cool. It was the first time oh, I've been around great. him in person. Um, was, you know, that Tony just seems like such a fan when he comes out. He's just so excited to present this show to you. He's like, you guys, I cannot believe the show we have put together for you, you know. He runs down a couple of things. He's about going hoarse, yelling into the mic, you know, hyping up the event. And he's just this dork, you know, I mean, he's just like a he's just a guy, you know, I mean, I know that he's living a life that none of us can imagine. But uh, the yeah. bi the biggest take that I see repeatedly online that I hate mm -hmm. the most is people that don't like the dorkiness of Tony Khan. Listen. Like, I feel when I see Tony Khan completely nerd out at press conferences and anything like that, I've mm -hmm. never felt closer to anyone in my life because <laughs> he grew up watching the same things that I grew up watching. Right. And he got excited about the same things that you and I got excited about. Sting yep. versus Ric Flair, Clash of Champions, time mm -hmm. limit draw that made mm -hmm. Sting a superstar. And now yep. he gets to do these very things. Yeah. I would be if you think that man is a dork, don't right. <laughs> God help you if I was the billionaire here. Right. Running dynamite. You would see you would see Trent on a pole match. Yes, you would see a trend on a pole match. Exactly. And I would be so excited because I'm like, I know you hated the Judy Bagwell on a pole match, but I'm about to show you the greatest pole match to ever happen. That's what you'd be getting out of me. So I hope yeah. you you need to accept and love the nerdiness that you give from Tony Khan, because I yeah. think almost anybody in his position wouldn't even be able to hold themselves as cool as he has. I mean, right. it's an amazing situation. Yeah. And he's doing a great job. And one of the other things that, stri that strikes me about uh, this taping and the other taping I'd been to 
was it really is a relaxed atmosphere as far as the show goes. You know, Steve put it well next to me when he was saying this is an arena show for the fans in the arena that is being broadcast on television. It is not a TV production where the where the audience is there to be extras in the background and, and, and to you know, provide whatever they're really playing to the people in the seats. Justin Roberts is out there the entire time, just, you know, talking to people, reading signs, asking questions, where are you from? Who's, you know, that kind of thing. And when it's time, when it's time to count down to the show, they just, you know, they say we're going live in three, two, one. And, you know, and, and it's very much like you all feel like you're doing it together. Um, yeah, it was just a real nice, you know, easy thing. It's not overproduced, uh, you know, when they're not on TV, like when they're not on in commercial during breaks and things like that. When they went, when they shifted the rampage taping you, there was a sense of, OK, we're going to shoot this in segments. They didn't quite break it down that specifically, but basically it was like this is going to be a little looser than the rampage show because they're just shooting big segments and putting them together later. Um, so it's just like an easygoing show. It doesn't feel you just feel entertained the whole time. That that's one of the things I've heard a lot about people that go to AEW is like they're not out there taking signs, they're not trying to regulate people, uh, it, while like actively worrying about what what the TV product is going to look like based on the fans, mm-hmm. and uh, that means a lot to me. The fact that it's a it's like you bought your ticket, you've paid your admission, you are here to have fun. We're going to leave you be. We're going to let you enjoy the show. That's mm-hmm. a that that means a lot to me, and I think it reflects Tony Khan's general attitude. Because the other thing I didn't I didn't really get through in that last little bit talking about Tony Khan is the joy. Like he loves yeah. what he's doing, and I love the fact that we have an owner who loves wrestling and you're be and you're able to to read that from just the live experience. This guy loves wrestling and knows everybody else is here to love wrestling and he's yeah. going to let that be. He's going to let that happen. One thing that was super fun before the taping that made me laugh was I think it was it was in between the uh elevation tapings matches and the actual broadcast. He just brought out Hook. Hook didn't have anything to do. Hook didn't have a match. He didn't cut a promo. He's like, hey, guys, did you guys see Hook debut the night? And everyone starts training. Hook was super over in the building. Tons of Hook chants. Um, and he's like, do you want to see him? And they start his music. He gets the entrance. He comes out. He's just in his hoodie with his bag of chips. And all he does is walk out, <laughs> offer Tony a bag of chips. Tony That's says, fantastic. no, I don't want any chips. And Hook just turned. He just shrugged and turned around and went back in the arena. And Tony's like, well, that was Hook. And everyone just was went crazy for it. That's all it was. Is, it was just this a thing be- of like, yeah. This is before, before the, the before Dynamite, before okay. they went live. It was he was hyping up the crowd before the Dynamite uh, went live and just decided really- to bring Hook out because he wasn't scheduled on the show. But he yeah. knew that people wanted Hook. I really respect that. That. That Tony Khan walked in realizing, is Brian Danielson versus Adam Page going to be enough? These people just saw Hook on Rampage <laughs> last Friday. I got to give right. them the real deal. I got to give these people the main event before we bring out this Brian Danielson, Adam Page 60-minute undercard. Right. You got to get the it people out of the way because want. otherwise yeah. the whole 60 minutes, they'll just be wondering, where's, but where is Hook? Where's Hook? Exactly. I think that's what we were all thinking at home during the match because we didn't get we didn't get Hook until they right. actually gave us a Hook, a Hook package. Again, yeah. throwing it back to the Paul Fontaine line of all time should have yep. been on Dynamite. And they put Hook on Dynamite and they made him look good, too. That was a good little promo. Absolutely. For him this week, by the way, I listened to my first 
Jim Cornette segment in a very long time. I love Jim Cornette. I loved Jim Cornette as a kid. I don't, I don't want to quit loving Jim Cornette. So I don't Mm. listen to Jim Cornette because he makes me (laughs) very, very angry these days. Yes. And it was basically, he, he watched hook and he freaking loved hook. He freaking loved hook. And that I'm going to let that go. Cause we did like an hour and a half on hook last yeah. week, but, Hopefully uh, us all. exactly. He's going to bring everybody together. So, um, we had a lot of promos during the, I don't want to say a lot of promos. We had a number of promos during dynamite. Mm-hmm. And one of the best was Malachi black. And he's got a hooded guy in front of him. And it's like, he's anointing him. Feels like he's welcoming him, welcoming him in to the house of black. I don't remember the words. I haven't watched this segment since Wednesday, but at the end, he's he's basically says something to the effect, you're like now you're more than a king. Mm-hmm. And immediately everybody's like, Who is this? And I thought, could this be Brody King? And then I went to Twitter and a couple other people were saying the same thing. And mm-hmm. since then I've seen a lot of people confirming that AEW has a hundred percent signed the six foot five ROH behemoth Brody King. That's really, really exciting. I have to think though. If this is going to be Brody King, legitimate question. Brody Lee is an AEW legend. Of, yep. like, it's un, like you're not going to match it. I wonder, do you want to bring in another tall bearded guy named Brody? Do you change the name Brody or do you have him trim up the beard? Which do you do, Kevin Ely? <sighs> I hate to say it, but I would change his name. I think that's the right I thing. Think, I think the name Brody just needs to be retired. It's spelled differently, sure. Yeah. I think, yeah. But not enough. Not enough. But when, yeah, to like, me, it's gonna be. It's gonna. It's yeah. I mean, Malachi changed his name from Tommy in, so you know. Yeah. Uh, you know they they have it written in. You're more than a king. He could, you know, they'll yeah. they'll be able to to do something like Maybe. that. And they can even reference it. You know, the way the Excalibur would say like, "This is Tommy yeah. in," but now he wants to be called Malachi Black. Yeah. Black. That might even have been the whole the whole Brody King mention. The more than a king might be the fact mm. they're changing the name from Brody King. That might be the whole reason yeah. that line was said. But that's that's exciting because listen, we've we've had um, all these WWE releases. We've had ROH release literally everyone, mm-hmm. and we haven't had anybody new from those cuts from those releases come in in a little while and we're all itching for it. And, I, and, and Tony Khan said something in the last week, so, something to the effect of like, don't put all your eggs in the winter is coming basket. Like kind of give us get like watch over the next three weeks, basically indicating there are new people coming over the next two to three weeks of, of big shows, holiday bash, mm-hmm. all that. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking this is this along with the, uh, what we're going to talk about with the young bucks later it may be one of the first ones. And, and what do you think? How, like, where do you rate the signing of Brody King? If indeed that is what this is. I think it's a good ad. I think it'll add to Malachi. It'll give him options to be able to do different types of matches. I liked the team with Andrade. I think it'd be cool if mm-hmm. the three of them stayed together. Yeah. Um, I wish Thea Trinidad had come over and not, to stay to be a queen in WWE because I think she would have added a lot to the Malachi Black, mm-hmm. uh, Zelina Vega. Um, so, but I th- I think Brody will be great. I'm not super familiar with him because I haven't watched ROH a bunch uh, the last couple of years and I've only seen him a little bit in New Japan. I'm really impressed with him. The look, the ski yeah. mask, the, the size, the Six size. Five. Yeah, I think he could be really cool. Um, 
man, I am just worried that this sort of revolving door of people kind of coming in is just going to like what we've barely seen Jay Lethal. Yeah. You know, and he's signed and who knows where Tony Nese is going to be, you know, and yep. and I'm not saying Tony Nese is more valuable than Brody King. But, um, you know, all these people that's like I wouldn't turn down any of these people. But at the same time, they only have so much time. One of the things that I think has been a real weakness of AEW, um, for the most part, not 100 percent, but when they bring someone in with a lot of fanfare, um, a lot of times we they don't really get that person's character sorted for a while for mm-hmm. a long while like we 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 saw that with Miro it took yep. a good 6 months like he was having battles in arcades for a while before we got the man who wants the floor to run red with god's blood clearly the That's perfect right. the perfect Miro you know it took yes. a while for us to get to this this insane lunatic Miro that i adore and i think a lot of people aren't really quite happy where CM Punk is at the moment and i think they've just kind of made the right moves with Brian Danielson here in the last couple of weeks. And so, yeah, and look, there are people, we both know there are thousands of Jay Lethal fanatics, like legit fans, mm-hmm. like fanatic fans who lost their minds when Jay Lethal got signed. And and outside of like the 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 Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, he hasn't done a lot yet. Like we've we've not seen a lot. And mm-hmm. the same with same with Tony Nice. Although some some people they've gotten over incredibly quickly, like 2.0. They did an amazing job yep. with them and with Daniel Garcia. Yep. Um, so again, it's not a 100 percent they're always dropping the ball on this, but it is something where they they've they've taken some time to get some big names in the right positions. Um also like like Bobby Fish is has been put in a great spot, but he doesn't feel like he has a real personality yet to me. Um, and he's a guy that a lot of people are really excited when he signed. And yeah, I think there's a number of, of more signings coming. And I think it's a, I think it's a situation where as WWE releases people, I think, and ROH, I think there's some people that Tony Khan's probably looking at and saying, they're too good not to sign. We'll figure everything out later. And, and I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all because so far they've done a pretty good job of getting getting the people, the newcomers over without mm-hmm. sacrificing the AEW originals, the Orange Cassidy's, the Sammy Guevara's, etc. So I'm excited to see what's what's gonna what's gonna happen here. And I really hope it's Brody King. Also, look AEW, and I think undeservedly so, they get a lot of heat about size, about Mm-hmm. All their guys are so small. I've got a list on my phone. Let me see if I can pull this up really quick because I got into an argument about this with, with a friend um, who was saying that everybody, everyone in AEW was tiny. And I'm like, they've got like 20, like over 20 guys who are over 6'3". But look, look the more 6'5 guys you can bring in, the better. And especially when um, – and we're going to talk about this with a match coming up next week. I think AEW – does a great job of playing up tiny guys versus big guys. Like we, like we saw with, um, Oh, what's his name? Jurassic express Marco stunt. Like we saw early on with Marco stunt versus Lance, Lance Archer and Marco stunt versus Brody Lee. Um, I love the styles versus styles. And that's something you don't, I don't think you get a lot of in WWE, a lot of really diverse styles. And so Mm -hmm. that's something I'm glad we do get in AEW. So I'm excited. Let's see. 
Next up, I want to talk about the Dynamite Diamond Ring, MJF versus Dante Martin. And we don't even need to really get that deep into the match, I don't think. I think that was covered by Paul and Jeff on Wednesday. Yeah. It hit me. It hit me this week that the Dynamite Diamond Ring, which they've got a brand new one. You can find it, I believe, on AEW's Twitter. They've got a video with the guy who created it. They're kind of setting up their Undertaker streak with with um, MJF. MJF is going to be bit. here forever. He's won three in a row. When he finally loses this rank, it's going to be a big deal. And it's going to mean they've got big plans for whoever beats him. And it only just hit me. And that's a big moment that they're setting up that's going to happen on live TV December of some year in the future. And with somebody the age of MJF, it could, it could be any time. Like that, it could. Yeah. This could be something. He might win this thing for ten years in a row, and the more years he wins it, I think the more people are going to be on board with who's going to be the guy to beat him, and that's kind of exciting to me. Yeah, they should. They should just keep it going until they feel like they can't. Like, yeah. Don't don't think when are we gonna when when's he gonna lose? Just think when when is it a point where that's the only option? Is 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 there's a person that we're putting him with, or there's a person who needs that. Uh, or it's the time for him to do it because they, you're right. They could go years. I kind of wish that they, he was just collecting them each year. He got a new ring. So he'd have like an infinity gauntlet of diamond, diamond he should, rings. He should absolutely have a new ring for every year. hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Like I want to see him with three rings. Like they had the original, they've, they've made the third. I think mm. this should be a position like in the UFC, they used to give everybody a new belt for every win, right. except for, for some reason, except for Demetrius Johnson, who before he left, they had to make nine belts for, but right. I, I love that idea. And it fits the MJF profile so well. He's thing is that ring he uses year round. He keeps this ring in people's minds and to have mm -hmm. him with three rings mm -hmm. instead of just the one, that right. would be fantastic. And he would yeah. absolutely play that up in matches. And they always have the thing where he, he, uh, you know, puts it on when he's about to hit someone in the match. Like how fun would it be if he's sitting there putting on like three, four rings before he takes a swipe at someone, you know? Yeah, How many he gets he get Wardlow to, to toss him a ring, and then he yep. pretends like he's about to use it, and then yep. he calls for the second ring. Give me the second one, yeah. Yep, and then it's like, is he going to call for the third? And eventually he's going to call for the third, and it would be a thing of beauty. Like, Tony Khan needs to make this happen. He can afford a, he can afford a third ring, you know? That like, looked come like on. a nice ring, too. It is. A, not, that, that's the thing I was wondering when I looked at that video. Like, if this really is diamonds, that is an incredibly expensive ring. And that makes me think that it probably is real, which is why we didn't get a second one. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's a nice looking right. ring. Um, that was they a good match. Though. like uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good match. Dante they Martin looked really good in that. And uh, and I and I he was did. thinking yeah, during it. Like, was a little weird, but. Oh, really? oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Now, is that the something you noticed live? A little, or? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, it took. It seemed like it just took him just a second to get in. But but once uh, once MGF started pulling his Larry Zabisco stuff of rolling out of the ring every time, <laughs> only to get hit by a new flying move that was more yeah. spectacular than the one before it. Uh, I mean, seeing Dante Martin in person fly is unreal. It's, oh, really? It, it is amazing how much height he gets and the fact like i know i like he's 22 um or is he tw yeah i think he's 22 something like that and M mjf is very young like this is another one of those matches while while i'm while i was watching and i was thinking 
we might see these guys wrestle for 10 or 15 years on and off over the years and this is like the first one this is the this is the first big face off between these two guys who very well could be the the futures of AEW um okay so next we've got Wardlow Wardlow face Matt Sydal and the reason I wanted to talk about this one um is at like we just got more build and it's something that people I'm seeing online are starting it at hyped about, but every time somebody somebody's saying, I want to get hyped for this, but it's been going for so long, which is Sean Spears at the end tells him after two power bombs, like that's enough. Like he's had enough. And 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 basically Wardlow gives him one more and stares Sean Spears in the eyes before pinning him. And then he's told, You don't have time to get dressed. I got a text from MJF. We've got to go buy champagne. Like you'll get reimbursed. Let's go. We got to go get champagne. And it's just more of more of Wardlow getting pushed around by people. He doesn't need to be pushed around by. And it's just one or two more steps towards the eventual turn. They've been teasing this turn for maybe two years now. It feels like I might Mm -hmm, be a little off mm -hmm. on that, but I do think it's for, 75% 75% of the time AW has existed when it finally happens, people are going to lose their minds. Yeah. It seems like what they're doing now. I like because they're not really playing up Wardlow being, uh, having dissension as much as they're putting him in positions for the fans to want him to. So that's, that's exactly right. I love the even, way you put yeah. that. So, so I feel like it's what it's going to do that's going to make it work is the fans are going to get ahead of it and they're going to be they're going to be encouraging him and cheering for him to do that, and I'm kind of hoping still. I think a few weeks back I had mentioned that one of the things I thought would be great in the MGF CM Punk feud was if Punk started to plant those thoughts in Wardlow's mind, yeah, um, and and kind of cut promos on him and. Um, you know, kind of just play some mind games with with Wardlow because he's a little more easy to attack than than MJF, and that could kind of pick it up a little more too. I think where, you know, I don't know how quick they're going to do it. They they seem to not be in a huge hurry, but um, you know, maybe in a few months, maybe uh, I don't know if it's soon. It maybe double or nothing in May. We'll get to see MJF Wardlow. You know, I that's one of the things I really respect about AEW so far is. They're not, they don't have a need to rush anything. Like, and it's clear they don't, like, they're, they are thinking long term. And that I believe the first two big signing announcements they had of people we didn't really know already in the world of wrestling were Wardlow and Anthony Agogo. And they rolled out Anthony Agogo. They got him out there for some big matches. And then they pulled him back. I don't know if that was for an injury or what. Now he's back. And, and yeah, we had Wardlow with the big match against Cody Rhodes, I think, around the end of year one. And we've had him in a couple more big matches, but we're not getting Wardlow every week. They are sl- clearly slowly rolling out Wardlow. And he's somebody mm-hmm. that I think if we'd seen more, he might be – He there's a real chance he could have surpassed, surpassed somebody that's on that uh, four pillars list, you know, of AEW mm-hmm. for sure. But again, slow rollout because I think they know we we don't have to do it now. We're going to do this yep. when the time is right, just like they did with Hook, and yep. uh, that's something I really appreciate. So let's see. I was actually a little disappointed with our next topic, which was um, Serena Deeb versus Karushita. 
and not that it was a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, but I was so hyped up for this. We'd seen yeah. kind of Bret Hart, Serena Deeb. We'd had this cool feud being built, and I was so excited. The match never felt like it really hit high gear. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that might just be the fact that I'd just seen a 60-minute match, but I've seen other people comment that throughout the week. We're, you know, we're, We record this as we're beginning our next week. Right. We, co- we come out kind of the same day as BT does every week. So we're kind of the last guys to talk about things. Um, but yeah, I thought this probably should have been a little better, but I think we both know this probably isn't the last match and we'll probably get enough. We'll probably get a real banger out of these, these two ladies uh, at one point or another. Yeah. It's tough because I think Deeb is very much a Brian Danielson in her division. And so following that one hour match, I think it was really hard to have, Something like that. I think if they had come out and had a wild brawl, um, that that was a little more of a, you know, maybe not the blood, but like Brit and Thunder mm-hmm. Rosa had last year or earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, that that was something different. I think the fact that yeah. Deeb was still doing what Serena Deep does is not a fault of her. She's great. No. Um, but I think just after that, I know when we were in this in the seats watching it, there were a lot of people that were just sort of talking through it because. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things about being there live was it was 60 minutes of no one getting up to go to the bathroom. Then the, you know, half the arena gets up and tries to go to the bathroom and miss the Wardlow match and, like, you know, kind yeah. of stuff. So. The Wardlow match isn't enough to go to the bathroom. Like in a right. stadium, you're going right. to, I'm sure there's a lot of people missed a lot of this one too. Yeah. So the, uh, so the Serena D match, I th- there were a lot of people who were still just sort of talking during it. And so I, th- and, right. and it's no fault of them. But it just didn't have the energy to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you could kind of feel that watching on TV. And that might be part of it. The fact that, look, when a crowd is not 100% into a match, you can mm-hmm. feel it. And that can take away a little bit of your uh, energy as well. And probably took away a little bit of their energy. Um, mm-hmm. So next we have the Young Bucks promo. They're going to end Sue's wrestling career, who, by right. the way, Trent's mom, Sue, for those that don't know, and enough of you don't know, because she only has 6,000 followers, at Sue hulo h-u-l-o on twitter wow um yeah she's out there she's she's lifted weights well she's actually lifting paint cans attached to a, a weight a weight weight bar it's great so yeah the young bucks are going to finish her off end her career and adam cole promises a huge christmas present on dynamite this week and yep. of course everybody's minds immediately go to kyle o'reilly I think that's most likely, and then, but also Johnny Gargano. I hope it's both guys. Is that is that where your mind went when you heard that? That definitely went to Kyle O'Reilly, but it kind of made me wonder. It almost has to be because yeah. uh, I don't know what else they could do and have it not be yeah. a big disappointment. And as uh, soon as he I said it, by Gargano, the way, but yeah, he, he started just staring at yes, Bobby Fish. Look, I noticed like, that too. This is, he looked this right is for at Bobby you, buddy. Fish. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the question team. is though, if it is him, are they all together? Is it super click? Do they kind of go for a while or do they just right out of the gate? Red dragon splits off. I would kind of love it if they bring out Kyle O'Reilly right away mm-hmm. and they actually hold on to a little continuity from the other company where Kyle O'Reilly just hates his cuts. Yeah. And they, and they bring him in and fish is just like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, I was just kind of biding my time, but I'm not going to sit here and be the jobber for this of the super click. Yeah. Uh, and they just immediately split off and go pair off with the bucks. 
And I, I don't think what I'm about to say is that original a thought. I think a lot of other people have had this idea, and I may have gotten it from other people, but kind of where what I think may happen is you you right now like we we just had a very large um elite group and now it's cut down mm -hmm. and so kenny omega's gone he was clearly the leader now we have the young bucks and adam page adam cole and then on the other side kind of bobby fish is an adam cole guy and if kyle o'reilly comes in and he's also an adam cole guy Adam Cole can effectively yeah. take the leadership position. And then when Kenny Omega comes back, Kenny wants to slip right back into that role. And look, right. like we were already building tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega when Kenny mm -hmm. left. And I think you mm -hmm. could end up having the super click versus, or just the click, the elite versus mm -hmm. this new Adam Cole uh, focus side of the elite. And I would love to see that. Can you imagine those matches? Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Adam Cole and Fish and O'Reilly. Which, by the way, when I, when Kyle O'Reilly kind of first burst on the scene in like in ROH, I'd never seen his name written out. Mm -hmm. And when I heard my buddy telling me Kyle O'Reilly, I thought it was Kylo, K-Y-L-O, Riley. <laughs> and I really thought it was a play on two things. I thought it was a play on Kylo Ren from mm -hmm. Star Wars, and I thought it was a play on the band Rilo Kylie. Yeah. I really thought, I'm like, why is this guy <laughs> ripping off Rilo Kylie like this? Before I realized it's actually a real, pretty normal Irishish name, which I should have yeah. recognized, but I was so, I was like such an it's indie a, music geek. I'm like, Rilo Kylie. <laughs> he's Kylo, not a Kylo, shoot Riley? fighter who loves mid 2000s uh, <laughs> power pop. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, I thought, I think a couple people might get a kick out of that. Okay. Then we had a promo that I have a different take on than most people. And that was the Hollywood Blondes come out. Griff Garrison wants Malachi Black. And Brian Pillman's like, hey, you're, you're kind of something the equivalent of you're playing, like calm down. You're playing right into his hands, buddy. Yeah. Yep. And everybody online is acting like Brian Pillman was the heel here mm -hmm. that he got misted. He's the heel like Griff Garrison's the hero. And in my mind, when I watch that, I'm like, Griff Garrison is playing right into his hands. Griff Garrison is flying blind into this match with this guy who is beaten an, an incredible host of guys way better than Griff Garrison, but man, everybody's acting like Brian Pillman's the heel. And I see it the completely different way. Cause immediately when Brian's like, Hey bud, call like, dude, calm down. You're going to get yourself killed is basically what he's saying. Like Griff like pushes him and uh, yeah. pushes him, talks about kind of like he's being disloyal. And I'm like, man, that's a real overreaction there. Um, yeah. what, what was your take from this promo? Whose side do you come down on in the great Varsity Blondes discussion? You know, I think I I didn't realize it until this moment, but I think you're right that that really the person who's in the right is Brian Pillman. I think he got a little bit of grief because it was combined with him not really knowing where the edge of camera was. And he sort of breaks character <laughs> from the skit when he, you know, he sort of backed out and kind of looked out like, that's right. Like that's he was right. done, you know, whatever. And it kind of, kind of broke the moment a little bit while Griff was just a hundred percent into it. This heel, this heel walking off camera, not even right. knowing his mark. What a mark he is to not recognize his mark for television. <laughs> Total heel move. Absolutely. But yeah, heel I, think, move. I think what you see next week is you see Griff pay the price for being foolhardy and falling right into the trap. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to will into, like, I'm really trying to just manifest 
not having magic mist in yeah. AEW. I, I uh, hope it's just so, Muda mist. Like yeah. Muda was great. Every as a kid, you were scared of the mist, not because it was magical, but because yeah. it would blind you. And right. the awesomeness was not that like not that it was done, but he would do it like 30 minutes into a match. And you're like, right. where did it where did it even come from? Like yeah, how do you, you never have saw it? him do it? Yeah. yeah. I, I really want that to be the case. I don't want magic mist turning Julia Hart into mm-hmm. um into Alex from WWE. Um mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss. Alex. Yeah. yeah. I could <laughs> not I could not listen, y'all. I've said before. I have Can you guys hear that? My uh I mentioned Miss Bliss and now my uh my my Alexa is <laughs> it will not stop talking to me. So yeah, like I have a terrible memory due to sleep apnea. I could not uh-huh. remember Miss Bliss's name. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that's not the direction we go here. Um, and then, by the way, one thing that I'm surprised more people aren't talking about is like for a while now, they said winter is coming. We are getting the Owen Hart tournament announcement. These people straight up said we're getting it on Winter is Coming. When they started Winter is yeah. Coming, the announce booth said, and then we didn't get it, which makes me really glad they put the title match on first because they clearly have a little bit of a time management issue. And they have mm-hmm. for a while, but they recognize it and uh, and kind of have, have put – basically, they, they watch out for it themselves and put themselves in a position to not lose anything major. We ended up getting in a, in a quick promo on Rampage. Yeah. Um, they didn't really say what it is, but I know everybody's excited. It's happening in May. We're getting a men's tournament and a women's tournament, which is fantastic. But it really makes me wonder what exactly this tournament is going to be. I originally thought maybe it's going to be like your lighter weight, your lighter weight wrestlers. But all your women are lighter weight wrestlers with maybe one exception or two. Right. Um, do you have any theories as to what this tournament will be or will it just be a tournament? Goodness, I don't know. I mean, it's they Which, showed a bracket, I think, that made it look like a single elimination. I would love it if yeah. they brought in a couple of, uh, you know, maybe not contracted people, but, you know, some guests from outside, people who would evoke that sort of Owen Hart brand. of, And it seems like, you know, they... They can't use any of the WWE stuff, obviously. So th- I think they're really going to be focused on Owen Hart, the the high flyer, Owen Hart, the super junior, uh, maybe bring in some folks from Japan. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping, someone, I'm someone hoping evoked. Get, I'm hoping we get Harry Styles. Not Harry Styles. My God. Mm. Harry Smith. I'm hoping we get <laughs> Harry, Harry Styles Smith, would be amazing. David Boy Smith Jr. Harry Styles would be a big get. I don't know if he's quite prepared for this tournament. But listen, WWE dropped Harry Smith like a just like a sack of yep. potatoes. To me, even if you don't sign him full time, if he doesn't want to come full time, to me yeah. you bring in Harry Smith for this this tournament in some way. Yeah, I saw someone bring up uh, the Cruiserweight Classic from a few years ago mm-hmm. of WWE and how that was so great at just bringing in people that weren't necessarily going to stick around, yeah. even though they tried to sign a lot of those people. Uh, but, you know, you had a Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre, you know, at it, it, WWE, you know, it'd be cool to just bring in some of those crazy names, maybe even like a Will Ospreay or someone, you know. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I give WWE more grief than most people. But it is amazing in retrospect that we got that out of them. And, yeah. and like there was some people, I believe Ibushi, they wanted to 
it was a Bushier Zack Saber. I can't remember which one that they wanted to win the tournament, mm-hmm. and he didn't just because they basically they, they knew sign. early that they wouldn't sign. So we got yeah. T.J. Perkins instead. <laughs> my mind—I don't know why. My mind immediately goes to the Teddy Perkins episode of Atlanta. If you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you need to watch better TV. Go watch yeah. Atlanta. Go watch Teddy Perkins, and let me know if you f with soft boiled ostrich eggs. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's what I need you to do as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. Yeah, so I'm excited about the Owen Hart tournament. Anything to do with the Hearts, I think, is going to excite so many people in wrestling and the fight game media group, etc. Um, now let's move on to something way less pleasant than this. Let's talk about the social media drama happening this week uh, in the world of AEW. Um, and I'm going to start out by saying a lot of people think wrestling Twitter is toxic, and it mm-hmm. is. But what you realize, the more subcultures you're into, they're, all their Twitters are toxic because Twitter is toxic. Twitter is a horrible place. And this week, Ty Conti got ran off of Twitter and very smartly shut down all comments on her Instagram mm-hmm. because apparently she's appeared in a number of Sammy Guevara's blogs. And so everyone assumed that when Sammy Guevara announced that he had broken off his engagement to his girlfriend, whose name I can't remember, his fiance, whose name I can't remember. Pam. That it's all t- Pam. That's right. That it's all Ty Conti's fault. And then they're also throwing out. They think she's a pedophile. I don't, those are words I don't want to say on this podcast, but Pro wrestling Twitter is insane, and they're literally trying to drive the blessed angel from heaven, Ty Conti, off of social media. And and people, how how dare you? How dare you? It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's horrible, especially the stuff about her negative one and all that. It's you know, it's she's a friend of the kid. Now, if I were a very fit. Uh, young lady and that kind of thing, you know, there's a certain age where negative one, that relationship will change and she won't be able to hug him like that. Yeah. Uh, like Tony, you know, Tony Schiavone, right now, actually, a lot of people forget Tony Schiavone absolutely once called out negative one for where his eye line was when he accompanied Ty Conti to a ring <laughs> once. But like that, that is on negative one. That's not on Ty Conti. And apparently also they're bringing Thunder Rose's child into this. Like, look, Ty, look, every Brazilian I know, reminds me of Ty Conti in that they are full of life. They're full of joy. And like, like these kids love Ty Conti. She's going to, she is going to love them back in a friend like manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that people are taking this to the dark place, they're taking it. It, 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 I don't even know how to express. I want to say it's heartbreaking, but it's just people on Twitter are terrible. Like, yeah. I like people individually, but when you get groups mm-hmm. of people together, people start getting torches and pitchforks and tar. Like, they want to tar and feather everybody. That's what Twitter reminds me of, is yeah. everybody, when they get in groups, they turn into horrible people. Listen, in a big enough group, I guarantee you, I'd be coming after. If you're listening to this, I'd be coming after you personally if Twitter wanted me <laughs> to do it. Just saying. Like, yeah. uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying this is everybody but me. I'm saying this is everybody, and it's horrible. And, but that's one of the big things going on in AEW right now. And I feel like it's something we need to address and uh, mm-hmm. it sucks. Also, I think the mistake was on Sammy's originally for bringing Pam 
in, onto TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, putting mm-hmm. the announcement, the engagement announcement out there. A lot of people got really connected to her really deeply from that one segment, and you're asking for trouble when you do that. And he's a young guy, and I think he has not learned that yet. But when you make something like that, that yeah. public, it's gonna bite you. It's gonna bite you a lot of times. And I guarantee we learned his lesson on this one. Um, yeah. The next so. part of the the next part of the social media dr- uh, drama this week is there is a skate war going on in professional wrestling between Darby Allen and NXT's Core Jade. Yeah. Uh, Darby tweeted a, f- a photo. Fans suggested he should wrestle Core Jade or have a feud in some way. Darby responded and uh, quote: "Skating is a huge part of my life. Not a fake character for TV. LOL." Cora was tagged in this by the fan that mm-hmm. Dominic was responding to, and she she took it to another level here as well. She did. She elevated quick, like, escalated yeah, quickly. Escalated so quickly. Quote. She was, yeah. Yeah. Being a good person with no abuse allegations against me is a huge part of my life and not just a character I play on TV. Then she threw in a flush face emoji. Like I've seen, I've, I know Ugly. a lot of people deep into the skate world. A lot of people are saying that people that associate with skating who aren't actually skaters, they threw core jade into that, have brought, have damaged the, like skating's reputation a lot. Then there's a lot of people who are like skaters or big gatekeepers, and they feel like Darby Allen is gatekeeping, and it definitely feels like there was a little gatekeeping there. Mm-hmm. But man, like, and I get there's a constant AEW versus NXT feud. A lot of people, I think, think they can gain points with their boss by attacking AEW. Not everybody from Hit Row, though, considering one of them called out called yep. out uh, the, the Young Bucks for their whole sneaker thing. It was fired right. like a week Very later. Very similar situation. And now, yeah, and now AEW, like, the Young Bucks are like, oh, yually, yeah, this guy's not getting hired. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually think it was Sammy Guevara saying that. But uh, I don't think, like, I think uh, Cora made this way too real, way too quickly. I've heard talk that she's like, tried to get onto her skateboard before on TV and kind of fallen off, which kind of exposes the gimmick there. I don't think W, mm-hmm. but again, like there's a couple things here. Number one, Darby kind of started it just kind of right. by calling her out. Yeah. WWE put her in a bad position with the gimmick. If she can't actually skate. Mm-hmm. And then she made this way too serious, way too quickly by throwing out abuse allegations, things that can ruin a person's career ruin their lives. I don't know anything about the allegations. I knew there was something. I literally don't know what they are. So I don't even want to get into that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people at fault here. Basically, everybody is it feels like they're at right. fault in this. To it's some a series extent. of bad decisions. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, and, and the best thing, the best thing Darby should just do is not even respond. Why, you know, why yeah. did this person even need a response? You know? Yeah. Like, I think uh, Darby is bigger than Core Jade. And I'm not saying he's punching down, but like he doesn't need to. Now, on, yeah. on uh, for the positive, both sides deleted their their tweets pretty quickly. But okay. like, look, Twitter Twitter got him screen capped real quick. Like, I think these right. things. I don't know if these these tweets lasted 15 minutes. Yeah. I really don't. I don't think they lasted yeah. much beyond that. I saw someone responding to uh, to it talking about uh, how they never saw Britt Baker complain that um Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum wasn't a real dentist you know that she's yeah. only, she's the only real dentist yeah you know if Isaac Yankum there, was wrestling like, today yeah. I think we'd get some promos I do think we might get those but uh, if he was going today <laughs> we might yeah luckily he's uh yeah he's like uh what is he? he's 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 mayor of a county he's mayor, mayor. of Knoxville County that's yes. right 
which apparently they have multiple mayors. They just have mayors out the butt knock in Tennessee. You got city mayors, you got county mayors, you got it's mayors right. all the way down. Um, but yeah, that, that I, I, I read the same thing and I really enjoyed that. And the third thing, um, the third bit of social media drama for me is a positive, And this all comes down to if you're a fan of the Briscoes, we've talked about them. This is the third week in a row. Dax Harwood on Twitter, somebody asked him a question about the Briscoes. And he said, we came in their house, beat the shit out of them, made them more relevant in four minutes than they've been in the last four years. Mm. They should come to Greensboro and give us their payday from final battle. I'm sure I could almost pay my light bill with that money. So now we've got an invite. An invite for Wednesday or Friday. Um, I, I really, man. Again, I, I want. Listen, I want. I want invasions. I want. I want new signings, and I want them every day of the week. I want them on dark. I want them dark mm-hmm. elevation. I want them on BTE. <laughs> I want them every yep. day, Kevin. I really, even if it's again, even if it's just for a series of matches. I hope this happens. And the fact. I think it would be perfect if it happened in Green in, in, in Greensboro. Uh, again, a, a classic NWA town, a classic WCW town. I really hope yeah. the Briscoes would show up. And again, they are from Delaware, not a very southern town, but they are clearly a have a deep southern appeal. Uh, yes, the Briscoes do. do. I, I think that's safe to say. And I think Greensboro would be the right place for them. And I think even I think even the Briscoes would see the appeal in that. So. I hope yeah. that happens this week. Yeah, it's this is uh, how Twitter is used well. Yeah, you know, with something they're not ready to put on TV. So we could say this should be on Dynamite, but if they yeah. really want it to be a surprise enough to the vast crowd, but known enough to the people who will go nuts when it happens. Yeah, so you know, you've got like that twenty percent of the crowd that right. loses it, so that the people that don't know the Briscoes will also lose it with them. It's the right. perfect way to do it. Right. And let, uh, there was a great promo that um, the Briscoes posted on their Twitter last week uh, where they were responding scoop to us FDR. Up. Scoop, scoop yeah, us up. Come scoop. Come scoop. Yep. They said, we, they cleared told the, we cleared the field. You can land your private jet. Pick us up. Tony Khan can land his jet in the cornfield. Yeah. Yeah. Come <laughs> scoop a, us up. We'll be there. It's a work of art, man. Yeah. It was a work of art. As most Briscoes promos have been over the last decade. I still, I don't know who they were feuding with, but like, if you go to YouTube, I'm assuming the way to find this is Briscoe Brothers and and Campbell's Chunky Soup. You find that Campbell's <laughs> Chunky Soup promo, that's one of the best promos. That's like, that's the modern day version of Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promos. Is that Campbell's Chunky Soup, man? <laughs> like, I hope you could. I hope everybody listening go find that if they haven't seen it. It's phenomenal. Um, again, I, there's a lot of people that don't like the Briscoes, and I totally understand it and I totally get it. But I love the Briscoes. Maybe not as people, but as wrestlers, they're phenomenal. They are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Hope they're unlike anyone else. Yeah, and they feel like to me. Like they they were the dominant tag team in wrestling for so long when WWE mm-hmm. didn't have a real tag team division, even though they had yep. champions. I hope they do. I hope they get a brief run with guys like the Young Bucks, guys with FTR, guys they should have been wrestling and have wrestled in the past for for the last decade. I think they're past their prime for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see them get that one run here at the end. I'd love to see it on, on, on major television so people people know and people can go back and find their best stuff because they are one of the best tag teams to me of this last generation. Yep. Um, all right, next up, should have been on Dynamite. We talked about this beforehand. We have the same one. Kevin, 
Tell them about it. On AEW Dark this week on YouTube, uh, they had a match between Chris Statlander and Marina Shafir. That's right. Who, to some, may remember her from WWE, NXT. She was uh, one of Ronda Rousey's four horsewomen of the MMA world. Did not get much opportunity in WWE to show what she can do. She always seemed either yeah. seemed to be hurt or just in the background or just they didn't like her look. I don't really know what the issue was. She's also uh, Roderick Strong's wife. Yeah, that's a, and that, uh, that feels like a big deal. The Roderick right. Strong's wife is, has come to AEW. Um, yeah, she's one of the the, the women that, that Ronda Rousey brought over from MMA. Like, that's that's why they were the four horsewomen. Her, Jessamyn Duke, um, Shayna Baszler, they were all MMA. They, like, Ronda was the successful and the others were less successful. All mixed mm-hmm. martial arts. They all came to wrestling. And mm-hmm. it, it's clear that... Um, it's clear that Shayna has been the most successful outside of Ronda, but I got to tell you, I really enjoyed that match between Marina and, and Chris Statlander. They had a they had a good match. Like, look, it's not a five star match, but it's no. just a solid match, and it showed me this girl, this woman can wrestle. She's mm-hmm. a great addition, and um, and I think a lot of people, like my best friend, is really excited because he's like, bro, you know what this means. Like Roderick's coming, Roderick's coming, which comes up anytime anybody. It's like I, I still think I, I think right. still think AJ might come over since uh, we have CM Punk, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's it's a mat it's a match worth going to watch. There was one other thing, and I cannot remember what it was. Like after we talked about this before the show, I uh, I, I remember there was one other thing, but yeah, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. So now let's talk about coming up. Like matches coming up this week. I'll run through the list. You mm-hmm. tell me which ones you're most excited for. We've got uh, a, right. a Greensboro classic here. Punk, Darby, and Sting versus MJF and FTR. We got Malachi Black, Griff Garrison. Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. And uh, that is all on Dynamite. We also, of course, are going to have a Britt Baker, Tony Schiavone Christmas party, which could be amazing. Could be nothing. Uh, like, but I'm interested. And then on Rampage, mm-hmm. we've got two matches announced so far. We have got the GOAT, maybe the greatest of all time, future Hall of Famer Hook, taking on <laughs> Ur- like Ursa Minor, as you put it, Bear Bronson, yes. the smaller of the Bears. And then yes. Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes, which I have, again, I don't know what's happening with Cody, but I'm, I'm, I'm here for the ride, and that should be a good one, uh, considering that was, um, yeah, like, that that's a really interesting match. Could Cody become the first repeat TNT? No, he wouldn't be the first. He he's already the first repeat TNT mm-hmm. champion, right? All first, right. the first three Pete. Yeah, the first three Pete. All right. So what what are the ones you're most looking forward to out of that list? Well, I mean, um, the the Sting Derby Punk MJF and FTR is going to be a great match. It'll be the first time yeah. that Punk and MJF are in the ring together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should be a you know that they'll play that up as a big moment. Yeah. And if you really are thinking the Briscoes are going to answer the call, that could be that your show be closing anger right there. Oh, and wow. so you could see something really interesting there happen. So FTR's I'd be interested to got, see that. 
they've got so much going right now. They've got so many feuds. I know. They're which just is, working it all. Between them and 2.0, you could fill a pay-per-view with their current <laughs> feuds. Like, for real. Right. I'm just excited. people who want to kick their ass. Yeah. Like, I'm excited for a number of reasons with this one. First of all, that's a great trio with Punk, Darby, Allen, and Sting that I never mm-hmm. expected, never thought about. There was a it's, great moment on Dynamite at the end of that. Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. The, no worries. Uh, where... Um, that that didn't get played up as much as I thought it should, uh, which was after they had the match and they said, here's the match next week and the music's playing and it's near the end. Punk goes over to Darby and offers his hand to him like, are you in this with oh, me? That's right. And Darby took a long time before he finally did. And I felt like that should have been played up a little more. No, it should have. Uh, that's something um, I miss. Like, I didn't miss it live, but I didn't think a lot about it because – like AEW is packed and things moved quickly, yeah. moved away from that. And I forgot about it. I, I got to tell you, I actually forgot or else did not see that Darby did eventually accept the handshake. Yeah. I don't like, I'm not a hundred percent. Are you sure that made it to TV that he eventually it did? Yeah. Okay. It was, okay. it was moments before they went off the air. Okay. I must've like, yeah, I looked away really quickly cause I didn't see yeah. it. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting, but also look, AEW has, when when they announced they signed Sting, I thought okay he's gonna come on come in yeah he's gonna he's gonna team with Darby for a little bit then he's gonna go with these other young guys I had no idea it was gonna be a permanent Darby thing and I also never thought we would get so much in ring action from Sting and we've seen group after group make help like look Sting is like sixty years old now he is yeah. not looking like a million bucks a hundred percent on his own as much of a legend he as he is to me to so many people. 2.0 made him look like a trillion dollars. Yep. Imagine what FTR and MJF are going to do. Like, this is probably going to be one of Sting's better matches. Um, and it's like, and it's three yep. generations of stars on yep. one side with Sting is like the, the, the 1990s generation. CM Punk is the mid two thousand early 2000s generation. And Darby Allen is today. Darby Allen mm-hmm. is 2021, one of the hottest wrestlers the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool matchup uh, against the future at MJF and FTR, maybe the best wrestling, the best wrestling tag team in the world who completely based their style on the 1980s. Yeah. That's going to be really cool. So that's, yeah, that's my number one. I'm hoping for one atomic drop from sting where MJF can sell it like Rick rude. I could see MJF going over the top rope, just yeah. going clear over the top <laughs> rope, selling that move. Um, I'm really, look, I know not a lot of people love Orange Cassidy. I love, well, not not a lot of people. He's one of the best sellers when it comes to T-shirts. Um, not a lot of hardcore, uh, like, 40-year-old dudes love Orange Cassidy. I love him. I'm looking forward to the Adam Cole match. I love Adam Cole, too. Like, and I'm looking forward to the Tony Schiavone, Britt Baker Christmas thing. Like, it could be as nothing as their little Thanksgiving deal where Britt took mm-hmm. the role away, for, away from, from poor Rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, this... For all we know, we could be getting another dinner debonair. You never know what it's going to be, Britt and Tony. So I think this is really good. Like, there's so many. Like, I want to say the only match I'm not super hyped for is Malachi Black Griff Garrison. Yeah, because that'll be quick. It'll be quick, and we're we're, we'll probably get a little deeper into this. And look, the second match of Hook, the second match in his Hall of Fame career, is happening on Friday. I think that's clearly number one and number two. And then Punk Darby Sting number three. I think in everybody in every thinking man's book, 
Yeah. You know, so we got a great week of Dynamite coming up. I'm super excited to get to it. And uh, yeah, listen, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We have a new email address, by the way. If you want to email in questions, if you want to email in concerns, if you want to tell me, uh, if you want to talk about how, why, ask why I keep bringing up Harry Styles during these episodes, you can email us at the Boom Zero M. That's right. We've got no fear. We're ready to hear from you. The Boom Zero M at Outlook.com. Send your questions in. Send everything you got in. Like, bury me all day long. Pretend you're Triple H and I'm the hottest young, young up and comer WWE's had in a, in, in, a, in a decade. And just straight up bury me six feet under. Looking forward to it. And as always, tune in to fightgamemedia.com. And uh, yeah, look, like, subscribe, share, send this to your friends, blow us up, make us go viral. Why is this fat man talking about Harry Styles on a wrestling show? Get it all out there. <laughs> Follow me everywhere at Peppermint Fatty. Kevin, where can people find you? Where can people talk to you about professional wrestling and AEW in particular? At Kevin Ely on Twitter and the Instagrams, although Twitter is pretty much the only place to talk about wrestling there. And then in the Facebook Fight Game Media group, hanging out there all the time. All right. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Can't, can't wait to talk to you again next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.